2: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I am a fan. I can look at them all day long and die laughing. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. T to Towns in the corner. He has an
1: answer. Third three of the game for Towns. Another oh from deep. T finds Towns. Tie A three. You oh bet. Boy. Carl
2: Anthony Towns again.
3: Dude, that dude has 10 consecutive made three-pointers, Towns. Yep. He had 30 points on 12 shots last night, and he's one of the top percentage three-point shooters in the NBA this season. And he's seven feet tall and has an elite post game too. So, yeah, he's good at basketball. Let's do a couple things here before we get to Matthew Collar in about 15 minutes. There's a great story about Doug Peterson and a secret coaching staff weapon that they have in Philadelphia that I think all teams should should consider, if not implement, ASAP in football. But you and I both agree on this. The Wolves, the trade deadline comes up in two hours in the NBA. The Wolves should just, if they can add a Dante Cunningham, you know, a a little, you know, like a guy off the bench to play some defense, or a a guy who can make some three-pointers, I'm all for that. As far as making a big splash, like first-round pick and something for, you know, starting caliber player, I think you should be careful about giving up future assets to help this team this season win a game, you know, win an extra game in the second round of the playoffs. Yep. I don't think there's anybody outside, like realistically, outside of LeBron James waving his no trade to come to Minnesota that's going to help get you past the Warriors, maybe the Rockets, but specifically the Warriors. Yep. Do what you can do with this collection. Let the Warriors go in another championship and then hope for some burnout. Hope for not hope for an injury, but hope for something to, right. to maybe bring the Warriors back to earth next season.
0: For things to change. Yeah. And and the thing too, that I keep coming back to is if you're talking about making a trade, that's going to change the dynamics of this team. Keep in mind, it took you how long? Two and a half, three months, right? To sort to sort of get the dynamic right at home. Yeah. I think they've lost eight in a row on the road. So it's still not there on the road. My point being, I think in the evolutionary process of a team, The Wolves are are at a pretty critical stage here. So this doesn't seem like the year to go make a splash. Yeah. Like it might be next year. It might be two years from now. Mm. But this doesn't seem like the year when you finally got things uh, that seem to be going in in the right direction. And there were a lot Mm. of nights where we came in and did this show after games and said that didn't look very good. Now you're to the point where it looks at least it looks good. I think you allow this process to play out. And then in a couple years, if you can compete with Golden State and and the Houstons of the world, and you feel that a trade's going to help you then, a big splash trade, do it then.
3: Now, what I would worry about going forward is, you know, with the salary cap and Andrew Wiggins is going to make about $25 million starting next season, are you really going to be able to add anybody without moving that contract? And part B to that, are there any teams out there that would still look at him and the money that he's gonna be making and say, Yep, that's a guy that that's a franchise player that we would for sure be comfortable taking on. That that's a really hard if you don't think he's good enough to right. to help you get over the hump going forward, you've already signed him to this contract. Maybe you want to upgrade. I don't think there's gonna be any Andrew Wiggins for Kyrie Irving type conversations this coming off season like there were last offseason.
0: The Wiggins dynamic intrigues me a lot because one, that's definitely an offseason trade, and two Wiggins, I think, is the type of guy who's going to have a a shelf life of being categorized as a superstar. That's going to exceed how long that that feeling is going to last here, because he strikes me as a guy who you're going to have teams saying, "We'll fix him." He, Hopefully, we can fix him. Hopefully, someone but don't does don't you think get that. the feeling with a guy like that who's got the, got those skills? If you don't know, if you're not quite aware of just how how much he's not an alpha. I think you might have a handful of teams for a few years now saying if we got if we got him, we'd fix him. Yeah. He's uh his
3: points are down. I mean his his shots are down a little bit because Jimmy Butler's taking shots. Best part and, of the uh, game, Sorry. Yeah, we've got there's a distraction happening in Best studio the right game. now.
0: It's our TCL TV, it's gorgeous.
3: We are watching preliminary figure skating coverage. It's like the US world champions and uh Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir are on TV right now. and They're the best thing going. Judd has now turned his entire body toward the TV. They are the best thing going on TV.
0: <laughs> they are easily the best
3: thing. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. What's up, Joe? Guys, how are you
0: this
1: morning?
3: Good, man. How are you? Outstanding.
1: I'm good. It's been a while. I haven't talked to you really since uh, the purple went down. But uh, it's is Ty okay. Harding, is she going to be part of the Olympics this year? Uh, my my information is maybe a little outdated. I is
3: she going to be, do we know, is she going to be uh, on the NBC coverage?
0: She's not. And, and she has just one question.
2: <laughs> Why me? Why not me? Cause well,
3: cause
0: that, wouldn't annoying. that be Nancy Kerrigan if she was on the broadcast? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're all annoying.
1: She would, uh, I think Tanya would be a great color analyst for figure skating. I agree. And, uh,
3: Smoking I'm cigarettes, like, too. I think she'd
0: be great. SNL skit. the an ask else Spike TV network, of course. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
3: they rebranded that, by the way. That's now Paramount Network. Spike TV um, no longer exists. Oh yeah, you guys. I saw
0: that a couple years. It's
3: gone as of like a month ago. What happened? I don't know. And um, they're, and it's Paramount Network now. They show Friends episodes and movies, and that's pretty much it.
1: Um, again, my, my information once again is outdated. Um, Bring really facts
3: to the show, Joe, or I'll hang up on you just like Ed yesterday.
1: Yeah, please don't, don't, don't back down. I, don't back down, Joe. As, as far as the wolves go, you know, a moment ago you said something about making a big splash. You know, not not to make a big splash, but my question is. Wasn't the Jimmy Butler trade a big splash? I mean, that that to me was a big splash. I mean, he gave up Dunn, you gave up uh, I forget who else was in that deal, but uh, uh, Levine. Mm-hmm. I think already yeah. made a big splash,
3: and not. Yeah, Joe Joe's phone is breaking up, but yeah, no, he's all right. So it it was, and we actually we did this yesterday for a segment at Radio Row in between our football stuff. It was the big splash, and it landed you the second top superstar because Wiggins isn't Wiggins. He's a complimentary player. And ordinarily, up until about 10 years ago, having two top superstars put you in title contention. If you had two of the top 15 players in the NBA, you were in title contention. Now you can have two of the top 15 players and be the Pelicans and be fighting for playoff spots. Yep. Like we've gone from, for years and years, it was Jordan and Pippen, Stockton Malone, it was Drexler and Elijah won. It was Kobe and Shaq, and then complimentary players all around, right? And we could name a bunch of other ones too. And that's how that was your championship formula. And now it's like if you don't have Durant and Curry and Clay and Draymond, if you don't have Wade, Bosch, and LeBron, and you, you almost have to have a third guy or two superstars and like two or three other guys who are borderline or all star caliber players. Like, that, Kevin Love type player.
0: There's a difference between a splash trade now though um to get to if you think that you can compete with the Golden States and Houston's of the world. The Jimmy Butler trade is a it go, that goes beyond a splash trade. That's a franchise defining trade. That's an off-season franchise defining changes a lot. Changes th- the way that your franchise is perceived.
3: The Cavs just made another trade. Like the, the Cavs are trading everybody. Dwayne Wade back to Miami. What? Dwayne Wade back to Miami. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski says, as Cleveland remade its roster with young athletic wing players. Let's see here. Hold on. This is all scrolling very fast. Uh, organization gave him uh, Wade a chance to return home to Miami and worked out a deal to send him back to the Heat. Uh, league sources tell ESPN. So he's, it's, I don't know, just a soft landing, I guess, for
0: Dwayne Wade. My God. Well, hold on a second. The Cavs are blowing
3: everything up except for LeBron James.
0: But wait, wait. So did LeBron sign off on the Dwayne Wade trade? I thought the whole reason that Dwayne was there was because LeBron, as the GM, wanted him there. And Did they make another trade in
3: here, too? Cleveland acquires... Yeah, here it is. Okay. Oh, whoa. There's another... (laughs) There's more! Play it again. Play the music (laughs) again. Oh, my God. There's more! Cleveland traded its whole roster. (laughs) It's LeBron I'm not kidding. against everybody. Cleveland sends Iman Shumpert to the Kings. Let's see here. Oh, this is a multi-team deal.
0: Oh, right. here it is. All yeah. Right.
3: All right, Here it is. Here it is. This is awesome. Here. This is amazing. All right. Cleveland traded Jay Crowder, Derek Rose, <laughs> and Iman, they traded their whole team, and it's not hyperbole. They traded Iman Shumpert, Jay Crowder, and Derek Rose, and yeah. they get George Hill. They get... I don't know who the hell else. George Hill's really good. Yep. Um, So they get Rodney Hood and George Hill
0: in the trade. And the Jazz then send Joe Johnson to Sacramento because Sacramento (laughs) sends George Hill to the Cavaliers. Who's left? six
3: off the roster right now. Yeah, yeah, who's left? So let's do the math here. Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Channing Channing Frye. Crowder. Jay Crowder. Derrick Rose. Dwayne Wade. Hold on. And there might be another one in here, too. Um, Yeah, and then let's see. Miami Shumper, will send it. Said. And Iman Shumpert, Shumper, six.
0: <laughs> so who's left on this team?
2: Ruckless
3: speculation.
0: No, well, <laughs> no, this is why Kyle Corver's still there. Yeah, still shooting threes. Uh, You're right. LeBron Corver. Well, Kevin Love hurt. Yeah. Okay. Is Calderon? Did Calderon get traded? Did you say?
3: I no. got. I've got the box score up from last night. Uh, well, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson. So, of guys who played last night, mm-hmm. Derrick Rose is gone, Channing Fry is gone, Isaiah Thomas is gone, and Jay Crowder is gone. So, half the players that played against the Wolves last night are now no longer on the Cavs roster.
0: It a heck of a final game with the, the Cavs. By the way, for them.
3: George Hill is one of the sneakiest, most underrated guards in the entire league. Uh, and if the Wolves had a chance to sign him instead of Jeff Teague, and if they chose Jeff Teague, they made a huge mistake. George Hill's a better defensive player, can knock down threes. So, I love that's a great fit with LeBron. It shores up their perimeter defense. But now they have well, how many games have they played? They've so we have thirty games left in the season. They have a new roster. They have a new roster with thirty games left. Hey. Thirty to get <laughs> it right.
0: This had to go through LeBron. Oh, this, had, this had to go through LeBron. I'm shocked that they got rid of Dwayne Wade based on that fact. <laughs> well, but, but, but they're it had not gonna to. play him like No, I know, but he's just his buddy. He was his right he was his I'm sure Well, they, that's a
4: mercy killing for LeBron.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's for his buddy. So,
4: you know he, what? We, we can just him. take you
3: out, and we'll just
4: send you back home. Don't uh, ever come back.
0: Silencer on and just bang, and that's it.
3: This is awesome. Like, have we ever seen anything like this? A content- <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't like the Yankees were out of the playoffs a couple of years ago and said, all right, screw it, let's, let's rebuild. This is a team that hopes to win the championship with the greatest player of this generation just remade its entire roster with 30 games to go. I think he's the greatest player of all time. I don't know why you're standing by Michael. 651 646 8255. You want to debate Dave on that?
0: You're both wrong. It's magic. (laughs) And there's no debate.
3: (laughs) Paper or plastic? It's paper, and you're an idiot if you say plastic. No
0: way.
4: Plastic. I can pick up dog poop.
3: Mm All righty. This is. The NBA is happening right now. Remarkable day. Let's get back into some reckless Viking speculation (laughs) here. Let's bring up the, the Doug Peterson anecdote. What the Eagles coaching staff is doing to help Doug Peterson. That other teams are either not talking about or aren't doing, and the Vikings should maybe get in on this too. We could talk to Matthew Collar about that.
1: Two guys,
2: oh! one topic. Sports. Mackie and Judd are back. Oh, Numbers is crazy on fifteen hundred ESPN. But I'm weak. And what's
3: wrong with that? I'm speculation. Yeah, I mean. The NBA trade deadline is less than two hours away, and Cleveland just traded, no joke, half their roster and half the guys who played in the game against the Timberwolves last night. They ship out Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, Iman Shumpert, Who's left uh, Channing Fry. Who's left for
0: the Boston trade?
3: Well, Crowder and Thomas are gone. There might have been one other guy and a draft pick. So they're they're all gone. They're gone. <laughs> Kyrie. Amazing. And they get back uh, Rodney Hood, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. George Hill. We'll see if the Wolves do anything, but it's fireworks. Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com. Uh, Collar, can we start you off with a quick anecdote? Judd found this nugget about Doug Peterson and some in-game coaching advantages. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Yeah. All right, Judd, fire away.
0: Uh, appearing on a show that he does, it looks like a podcast. Doug Peterson discussed how he has an analytics guy in his ear for entire games, telling him success rates and win probabil- probabilities of play calls. So basically, instead of just having the the switch up to the press box to talk to the offensive and defensive guys, he also has a base has a guy who sits upstairs and feeds him. Information. I knew that that Peterson was a forward-thinking coach, Matthew. I didn't realize how far he took it, especially on game day. This is very intriguing to me, and it's probably something that you're going to see more coaches doing. I would think.
5: Is is Doug Peterson not the Steve Kerr of the NFL right now? Yes, right. Fair well play. I, I mean, it, it, it feels exactly the same way. I mean, the the video that came out the other day of Nick Foles making the call to have that pass thrown from Trey Burton to him in the end zone. And Peterson just saying, all right, let's do it. You're making that call. You're the quarterback. I trust you. And then you combine that with this forward thinking analytics mindset. You know, a lot of teams are into analytics. I mean, the Vikings talk about it all the time with the draft. And, you know, they've got numbers on how guys perform in the combine and what the success rates are for things like that. But taking it to that level, I mean, it's kind of – we talked about this last offseason, I think, with the Vikings in terms of improving their decision-making in some of these game situations. And I think that Mike Zimmer was actually very good this year. But, I mean, this is exactly, I think, what we've seen coming for a while when we used to joke about getting a kid who played Madden to tell the head coaches in the NFL how to handle these situations. I mean, a lot of these guys have come from – playing careers or or knowing the X's and O's and and coming up with different schemes and things like that. But managing game situations is an entirely different animal. And I've always thought that the smartest people know what they don't know, right? So Doug Peterson does not know the analytics of whether you should go for it on fourth down or not. So instead of just guessing like a lot of coaches do because of their machismo or ego – he decided to to rent that out to somebody else, and it benefited them majorly. So I, I'm not surprised to hear that after as much as we've learned about Doug Peterson, but I definitely think that will become industry standard. And if I were him, I wouldn't have mentioned it to anybody.
3: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have either like, I'd I, I have to go read or, or hear the whole conversation, and obviously he didn't go into super detail, but it's pretty obvious to figure it out. Like, I, I, Judd and I have always said this is the fourth, we're into our fifth year now doing the show together, and we've always agreed that NFL teams and college teams should have, like, a game manager coach or coordinator, and it's exactly what the Eagles apparently have. So it's just the decision-making is completely out of your head. Someone's in your ear on a regular basis, and then you can decide if you want to go against the percentages, and then it's on you. Uh, but why NFL teams don't have that, if you, you've you got like special assistant to the special teams coach and you don't have a guy in your ear helping you manage timeouts and helping you manage the clock in the last four minutes, it's amazing how many games are won and lost in that time, Matthew.
5: Now, don't you remember there was a game that Kansas City, now there have been many of them, but in the playoffs where they super-uber-crazy botched one of these situations. And I think Doug Peterson might have been the offensive coordinator at that time. You've got to wonder if Peterson, under Andy Reid, sat over there and went, you have no clue how to handle these things at all. And yeah. I'm going to make sure when I'm a head coach that I do a lot better than you do because Andy Reid, in terms of a offensive play caller, play designer, all those things, He's a genius, right? I mean, the guy's had one of the best coaching careers ever, but then it gets to game situations and he consistently blows it, and it turns out you know, Peterson is very similar in terms of scheming, but that's the difference between you win and you don't when it comes to the playoffs a lot of times. And and my understanding, too, is that the analytics go even deeper than just deciding to go for it on fourth down or not, but also deep into the tendencies of, of opponents, which I know that the Vikings also do as well because Mike Zimmer has casually dropped that in a couple of different times what the tendencies are of other teams. But my guess would be that the Eagles take that even to another level and that they've gotten an advantage here. But you know, I, if I were Peterson, I would have said, Oh no, analytics (laughs) are for uh, nerds. Yeah. Nerds, you know, right. But if you win a super bowl, like who cares? We won the super bowl. So whatever, I'll tell everybody, everything.
0: So baseball has changed uh, dramatically in the last 15 or 10 years. Basketball has certainly changed as well, and football is evolving and changing. But, Matthew, I think football is the next sport to really change because we still have in this sport a lot of football people, right? And there's a place for them. I get that completely. But that being said, I do think football is the next one where in the next five to ten years, probably five, you're going to have a lot more ideas and, and this whole notion of, you know, I hold to the offense or defense that I run and I do this and I'm a football guy and I'm a hard ass, blah, blah, blah. I think that's going to hit a wall here at some point. And a guy like Peterson, who's a really good guy and who's really smart, I think we're going to see a seismic shift to those type of people who are, who are far more open to hearing ideas and adapting to them.
5: Yeah. No, I definitely think that. And, and probably the way. Uh, coaches handle players will change yeah. as well more toward the Peterson that uh, owners will be looking for coaches that rely a lot on their players intelligence I mean I've talked about this a number of times but when I walk over to Stephon Diggs's locker and ask him to break down something for me I'm blown away every time I'm like this guy knows football like you wouldn't believe and Pat Shermer did a great job of respecting that and he took you know guys like Thielen guys like Diggs Jarius Wright smart players And he would ask them, what do you think of this play? What do you think of that? What do you think of this concept? And get their feedback. And if they had a problem with something, they would change it. I mean, this is not the old days of Bud Grant, do what I say, you know, that sort of thing. These are now not only guys who, um, you know, are are millennials, if you want to put it that way, and independent thinkers or whatever – That's what people pin it on. But I think they're just more educated than they've ever been. I think a lot of times the NFL players were showing up and having to be taught the game. Now they get into the league and they already know the game at a very high level, and if you're not really smart, you can't succeed for very long in this league unless you're a freak. So it looks to me like Peterson has a lot of respect for that, um, especially when it comes to his quarterback, but maybe uh, across the roster. And I, I definitely agree, and I think that that's one of the areas that Mike Zimmer was way better at this year, than he was last year of changing his mindset and that that will be that's what that's what the league has always done it's always adapted to to different changes and different trends i don't know if there's a seismic change coming though that's going to be anything like teams shooting three pointers all the time or major league baseball players constantly trying to hit home runs i just don't know what that would be i i knew that teams would start shooting threes eventually more, because that's what I did on NBA Live 95. <laughs> right. So eventually, like I knew that worked, but I don't know what, what what's going to happen in the NFL. Maybe a team tries never running? Maybe that's a possibility?
3: Yeah. What What would you think off the Mike Zimmer conversation, Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast and from 1500ESPN.com, what would you say, let's forget that the NFC championship game happened and that the Vikings defense completely like was exposed in that game, but what what, what would you say is the most important ingredient other than just having really good players that led that Mike Zimmer defense to rank number one in all those categories? Like, what what do you think it is?
5: Hmm, uh, that, that's a good question. I, I mean, I think that um, the, uh, first of all, the season that Harrison Smith had uh, was one of the great, safety season that I've ever seen. I mean, it reminded me of Troy Polamalu in his prime, the way that he was uh, making plays in almost every game, and he was the highest-rated player in the NFL by pro football focus. So it's the last impression of Harrison was really bad in Philadelphia, but uh, the, the way that Mike Zimmer used him, and also Zimmer's uh, aggressiveness, I, I think it really stands out, and, and putting the players in the right position To succeed, I mean, taking their skill sets and and, and putting them in those right spots, I I think that he's done a good job of that in the past, but maybe was even better at it this year. And uh, we saw Anthony Barr have a bounce back season. And, you know, I have to look closer at him to try and figure out what the difference might have been in terms of if they changed anything strategically. Uh, He seemed to cover running backs really well this year. Uh, So I I don't know if there was a huge difference, but I, I mean, I think that. A main part of it is that Zimmer has designed this entire team in his vision. He knows exactly how he wants to play and then got the players who could do the things that he needed to do. And and they're going to bring back almost everybody on this defense. So this could be kind of the rare situation where you see a defense sustained at the top of the league for a couple of years. Reckless
2: speculation.
0: Matthew, what is your best guess as of 1226 today on a Thursday as to what the Vikings will do at quarterback and of course it's subject to change by the time that you appear next on the show.
5: Well, I still think that it's Teddy Bridgewater, but you know, if they hire John Filippo, mm-hmm. uh, that will be interesting, right? Because Rick Spielman told us that the offensive of coordinator is going to have a lot to say about who the next quarterback is, and I don't know what John Filippo knows about Teddy Bridgewater, but it seems like that's going to be part of the conversation, even in these interviews, is, all right, what are you doing at the most important position? I- I'd still put Teddy all the way up at the top, but, I mean, maybe, maybe Nick Foles comes into the conversation with Filippo if, if he's the guy you hire. Though I still think the Eagles will just hang on to Nick Foles rather than trading him away.
3: Uh, breaking news, gentlemen. Breaking quarterback slash free agent news. Oh. This is from NBC Sports Bay Area. Raj Mathai is the reporter. He's a San Francisco 49ers insider, I would assume, to get this scoop exclusive 49ers have reached an agreement with Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll be the highest paid player in the NFL announcement soon to come. No terms attached to that tweet, but not shocking that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to somehow be with the 49ers, but highest paid player in the NFL. I'm sure Kirk Cousins is happy to see that as well. Cause even more leverage for like $30 million a year. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And you, you knew they were going to do that too. As soon as they traded for him, it was a foregone conclusion, but man, his, his last five games, he was ridiculous. I mean, it was, I don't think it was small sample size. I mean, he's got a great arm, and he made some incredible throws. You guys will be shocked that I went back and looked at one of his games on tape just to see. And uh I I think he's going to make San Francisco. They're, They're a great team to pick. To win that division for next year because of their head coach and their quarterback
3: yeah. uh, on this NBA stuff I know you were watching the Wolves last night too first of all half the players the Cavs had suited up in that game are now no longer Cavs because they just traded half their roster but it's like when you play video games when I was a kid and I used to play like NFL uh, like Madden games or whatever and you would just pick a crappy team and then reset the whole roster by trading everyone or going through dynasty that's what the Cavs did today Matthew it's amazing
5: I love that all the things I did on video games are now sports. Yeah, Throwing it out of the five wide receiver sets and trading everybody. One of the greatest things ever invented with the NBA video game is where you could just pick a player and then you get offers from all the other teams. And (laughs) you could spend your whole day trading everybody. I mean, and that's what the NBA feels like right now. That's fascinating. They win this crazy emotional game over the, the Wolves. And then they trade the whole roster. That's great. I love the NBA yeah. so much. I
3: can't wait until the final video game piece to the puzzle comes to reality where you just have a running back in real life that you can run around the field for the entire quarter like Bo Jackson in Tecmo Super Bowl. Just run the whole clock out. I thought that was Barry Sanders. <laughs> either one. You could make it work with either one. <laughs> Definitely. Just don't use Christian Okoye. He could blow lo- through defenders, love- but he wouldn't he wouldn't outrun the secondary guys. I love guys. Christian Okoye. All right, Matthew. Thanks, Collar. Good stuff, dude. Thanks, guys. Matthew Collar from 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo, five years, $137.5 million, according to uh, Mike Garoppolo. The biggest deal in NFL history on an average per year basis. Wait, so five years. Five years, $137.5 million, but it doesn't say how much of that's guaranteed. So Stafford makes twenty seven million a year. So he
3: it must it must just be a tick above yes twenty seven so, yeah
4: yeah it's twenty seven and a half or so and Cousins okay.
3: will now exceed this. So Cousins will get to like $28, twenty eight twenty nine or mm-hmm. thirty million dollars. Let's come back with some. We did Vikings prop bets every Wednesday throughout the entire last calendar year. Let's shift it and expand it. Minnesota sports prop bets and some over-unders when we come back.
2: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Hey, hold my beer and watch this. On 1500 ESPN. True Mackie, Judd Zolgad. They're running a strange program, y'all. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I've been
4: on freeway, and this portion I've been of right Mackie and, and Judd is sponsored by Metafast.
3: Welcome back to the TCL Broadcast Studios, where sports are bonkers today. So Jimmy Garoppolo just became the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. $137 million over five years. You know what? Supply and demand and timing can be wonderful things when you're a quarterback in the NFL. Mm Mm-hmm. Handful of great games, win a bunch of games as your Mm -hmm. contract expiring in a league where there's 32 teams all fighting for like 14 good quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. and you become the highest paid player in the history of the league. And the Cavs, if you missed it, just traded half their roster. Literally. And I, now that I look at it, we'll get to some Minnesota sports over-unders here. So the team that you saw the Wolves go toe-to-toe with last night is like basically, aside from LeBron, Tristan Thompson, and Jared Smith, it's like it's been disassembled. Yep. But if they can gel in the next 30 games, LeBron, Tristan Thompson, uh, they keep Kyle Corver, J.R. Smith, and Jeff Green. Add George Hill, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance to that mix. Mm-hmm. They improve their three-point shooting. They improve their defense. They get younger. They get more athletic. It's a better team. That can have. A, the, this team has a much better chance if it gels to beat the Warriors in a seven-game series. But there's... Two months left to gel.
0: <laughs> and But the but the flip side to the conversation is this. The, the players who were there didn't get along at all. Yeah. So you might as well just gamble. Yes. Because Isaiah Thomas and that collection all didn't get along. So your chemistry was awful. So if this works, great. And if it doesn't work, it wasn't going to work regardless. Yes. So...
3: So, all right, um, unofficial, official debut of a tweaked segment here. We did Vikings prop bets all season long, actually all calendar year. We started the week after the season ended last year. And we're going to expand it to Minnesota sports prop bets, where I'm going to throw some random stuff at you guys, and we'll just go around and we'll determine. Does this warrant NFL Films music or something else? No,
4: we could give it a shot.
3: Let's do some NFL Films music. Right. We'll tweak it from there. Let's start with this one. Baseball prospectus has the Twins projected record as of today with all these free agents still sitting out there at 81 and 81. So they look and say, okay, competitive team, but uh, we don't really trust the pitching and all these other things. Let's say they sign another quality starting pitcher, Alex Cobb, maybe you, Darvish, and that projection rises to 85 and a half. Mm -hmm. They won 85 last year, I believe, right? 85 and 77. over or under 85 and half wins if the Twins do sign, let's say, Alex Cobb or, you know, Jake Arrieta for two years or something?
0: I am going to say, well, I don't think the season's going to be a complete flop, even if they do that. And let's, I'm, I'm going to assume it's not Darvish, so they sign another starter. Who's not bad? I'm going to put them under. I'm going to say that they're going to come back to earth a little bit. They had a lot go right last year. Uh, they're a nice young team, but things often even out, so if you're saying 85 and a half, I'm going to say 81, 82, something like that, so I will put them slightly under. David?
4: I'm going to put them over. The bullpen is better. If you make one of those signings, the starting staff you'd have to hope is at least as good, if not a little bit better. You're not really taking any hits as far as offensively. All the bats are still there. Hopefully Miguel Sano can play at least, hopefully, close to a full season. And you're going to get, what, at least 18 wins against the Tigers alone?
3: (laughs) And uh, 18 more against the White Sox. Yeah, well, the
4: White Sox might be halfway decent. I think they could surprise and, you know, at least win some games. But, God, the Tigers are going to be terrible. It's going to be great.
3: I'm going to go over, too. I'm with Dave on this. And, I, and I'll add to what Dave said about the offense. I think the offense, if if Miguel Sano gives you a full season, Byron Buxton gives you more of what you saw in the yep. second half the last couple of years for a full year, there's a chance that offense could get even better. Like, if Byron Buxton performs for a full year the way he did in the second half of the last two years, we're talking MVP votes for him. Gold glove and MVP votes.
4: Maybe Jorge Polanco could just not crap the bed for an entire two-month
3: stretch. Him, season. too. And then there was another guy. I think Escobar, Eduardo Escobar was another one who was just atrocious for two months and then mm-hmm. yeah, came sorry back. guys. back. Um, so that and then, you know, the pitching staff, they, they're also they're pretty loaded in terms of prospects they could trade. So they'll probably make a trade at the trade deadline. I'm going to go over. I'm not going to put them on the Cleveland level or Houston, but I think fighting for a wild card spot again by taking the under, you're putting them out of the playoffs too, Judd. Right. I mean yeah. under eighty five and a yeah, half are yeah. not. I'm, a non-playoff I'm saying team. it's
0: gonna come back to earth a little bit. Yeah. The Gopher okay.
3: okay. The Gopher basketball team has five games left uh-huh. in the regular season. Oh, thank God. And then uh well let's just go with these five games because they will get one game <laughs> in the Big Ten tournament, but that might be the end of their season. Yeah. At Indiana, yeah, home against Michigan State, at Wisconsin, home against Iowa, at Purdue. Wisconsin, uh uh Michigan State and Purdue are both top five in the country right now. So, let's, those are probably losses, but I'll go uh, over under 0.5 wins for the Gophers. Will they win another game in those 5 regular season games?
4: Okay, you said at Indiana is uh, tomorrow. Yep, home against Michigan State. In- word, then at Wisconsin, home against Iowa at Purdue. I think you beat
3: Iowa here. That's it. I'm going to say I'm going to say you beat Wisconsin on
0: the road. Wisconsin's awful. They this are bad. This will be the first time in Iowa. twenty years
3: they don't finish top four in
0: conference. Iowa's absolutely brutal too. Over, they beat Iowa. Well, you've got a chance. You've actually got a f- you got a chance against Indiana. Although you'll lose that game. You got a chance against Wisconsin. Iowa's just not good. Although they beat they drilled Wisconsin. I think at home though this year. So I'll say over. Uh, how about this one?
3: How many guests that we have on today? Will appear on the ride with Roycey sometime before the end of the week. Over under 1.5. We've had Lou Nanny, Johnny K, and Matthew Collar on the show today. Craw and
0: Collar will definitely (laughs) be on at some point. And so, Pat, wait, Pat's in Florida tomorrow, right? Because Murph's in for Pat today. Yes. And then Patrick's back tomorrow from Fort Myers. So the
3: list for him the last week goes for sure. He had uh, Ryan Leaf on the same day we had him on. Had a uh, Brandon Lang, the Radio Row guys, uh, yeah. Thad Levine, who we actually aired twice on our show yeah, yesterday. So he was on three times
0: on the Thad station Levine, yeah. yesterday. I'm going to say definitely over because I think Krasinski joins him tomorrow to talk trade deadline stuff. And uh, um, I bet he, I bet he has collar on too. Yeah, too. Probably two. Two people.
3: I'm going to take the over, too. I think he might even go back and find some of our guests from earlier in the week and stack them for for tomorrow's
4: show. I'm tempted to take the under just because I think he's going to say embargo on Vikings talk on Friday. (laughs) It's not a fun fest anymore.
0: (laughs) But he likes Collar. Football season is over. He likes Matthew, and he could mix in some hockey talk if he wanted to with Matthew. I could see that. I love Pat. Like,
3: we're sitting in the hallway yesterday because we re-aired the Thad Levine interview, which was great. If you missed it, go find it. Mackie and Judd on demand. We're sitting in the hallway, and Paco's. Ah, oh, did you? Uh, you must have taped this interview with with Thad. So no, we well, we had him on live at nine thirty, and we're just airing it again because we thought it was good. And he goes, Ah, oh, I was thinking about getting him on my show, but if you guys already had him, and, like that's where the conversation ended. And he just said, Bleep it, let's get him on for a third time today. I'm sure he was great. ESPN. I'm sure he was
0: fantastic. Oh, man. he's always
3: good. And then just for fun, for the ninth time. The last Minnesota prop bet here: Uh, gun to the head. Who starts at quarterback for the Vikings in Week One of the 2018 season?
0: Oh, guns again. Gun Uh, to the head. Guns again. Because gun to the head is very
3: necessary. Football is very important. I don't
0: understand why you need a gun to my head here. I mean, do you really even need a gun? Um, I'm going to say it's going to be. I'm going to say it's going to be Case Keenum. I think Bridgewater eventually starts next year. If my if the way I'm thinking about this right now goes down, I think Bridgewater eventually starts. But I bet he doesn't start Week One. I bet your $23 million quarterback starts in week one. I'm going to say Case Keenum. I predicted a
4: while ago and write that down that the starting quarterback for week one is not on the roster. Well, none of them are technically on the roster, I guess, now that they're free agents. But uh, I'm going to have to stick with that. I'm not believing it anymore. I'm actually, if I had to make a write that down prediction, I'd go against it. But what the hell? Whoever it is isn't on the roster. <laughs>
3: Ryan Tannehill, maybe <laughs> Alex Smith. No, that's not going to work out.
4: Nope. Jimmy- Kirk Cousins, what Kirk the Cousins? Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater will be a gun to the head. But we can ask this pretty much every week this off season, and we might get different answers. We are in the TCL broadcast studios. Let's come back and well, let's wait. There's a million things that we can recap that have happened in the world of sports, NFL and NBA trade deadlines. Just been bonkers the last hour, but. Uh, There's a story in the Star Tribune as well about more local establishments and people feeling like they didn't get their money's worth during Super Bowl week. Mackie and Judd. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. I'm sure
1: you guys have a lot to chat about. On
2: 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Okay. Press play. On 1500 ESPN.
4: 1500 ESPN, visit St. Paul, the city of St. Paul and Wells Fargo, invite you to experience Wells Fargo Winter Skate, a free outdoor artificially chilled ice skating rink in downtown St. Paul at Rice Park. It's open seven days a week in the heart of the city. Winter Skate creates a fun winter experience for visitors of all ages. More details can be found at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events.
3: Here's a question for you that people are posing. Now that the Bulls have shed Derrick Rose, and he's got apparently he's just going to be released. I can't remember who he got traded to, but the Cavs traded half their roster. Uh, Tom Thibodeau maybe going to look at bringing Derrick Rose in as a backup point guard. Maybe push Tyus Jones even further
0: down the bench. Maybe take Aaron Brooks' roster spot. Do you trust him not to? I don't. No, not at all. And supposedly, there there's going to be a bunch of guys released after today, and I saw something this morning that uh, the Knicks are probably going to release Noah, and there, there's a chance he could end up here as well. Yeah, so you, you them could all have Rose, back together, Rose Noah, Jimmy Buckets will have his buddies back. I don't know. I, I wouldn't trust him not to do it. If Derek Rose is available... I think Tibbs at least makes the phone call. Well, he. I'm tried. not saying I'm so, excited about it. I'm saying I think he makes it. He
3: tried really hard last year, but then you know some of the reports last year. Ricky Rubio for Derrick Rose talks, which would have been if you think that Jeff Teague is underperforming. Imagine if Derrick Rose had taken over for Ricky Rubio. Doesn't play. But then there was the, the kind of the follow up wave. Well, no, no, no. Didn't we have? Wasn't it um, Brian Windhorst who came on and said you guys are making too big a deal out of this? Forget about the name Derek Rose. He would just be like a salary that the Wolves would take on, and then his it'd be an oh, expiring contract. Well, no.
0: Breaking news for you here. Oh I've god. got more to your report. Oh my god! Or I've got more to what you sprinkled on. Mark Stein, formerly of ESPN, and I think he's with the New York Times now, to write something called the Stein Line. Yeah, He reports oh, through his verified account that the Timberwolves will indeed try to sign Derrick Rose oh, if he clears waivers after why? his looming release by Utah, according to league sources. <laughs> Derrick yes. So so to, to answer your question, Tibbs probably already has made the phone call. And there's no way he's not going to clear waivers. He's going to clear waivers. Oh, clear waivers. my
2: God. There's no way,
0: right? There's no way he doesn't clear waivers. How much money does he make now? But he'll clear waivers, so he'll be off. He'll be someone else's responsibility financially, right? And and then he'll just sign for the minimum here. I would assume. Yeah. So you
3: won't have to pay his contract. He makes his contract this year is for two million dollars. So either way, like it wouldn't. All right. It wouldn't really matter. Derrick Rose, man, he's 29 going on 50. <laughs> his body is a hundred.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. Can't
3: play. He actually has played in 16 games this year for the Cavs. Has started seven of them, 20 minutes per game. That's very special. 9.8 points, 1.6 assists, oof, and shooting 43% from the field, which is right, right around his career average. Is he a good character Can't make guy? a three, still can't shoot.
0: Good in the room, like Not, they say in, in hockey? I mean, is he? I don't know, and I would guess the answer is probably no.
3: The guy's been on three teams in the last three years, now four. It'll be four teams in four. There's a reason for that. Great guys who are like really helpful assets behind the scenes and on the court don't play on four teams in four years. Pretty rarely, anyways. So, anyway, he can't resist. As Steve McPherson, our friend he used to be on the Raised by Wolves podcast, now is uh, Minnesota United. He tweets Tom Thibodeau hearing about Derrick Rose's release. Is you seeing on Facebook that your high school girlfriend just got divorced? <laughs> Oh, can't resist, man. That is
0: is absolutely...
3: As long as he doesn't play more than about five minutes every two weeks, I'm fine with Derrick Rose being on the roster. But here's what's going to happen. He's going to take Tyus Jones minutes. Yes, definitely. So Aaron Brooks will be off the roster, but who cares? Yep.
0: Tyus Jones, who should be getting more minutes... And who's developing and actually proven to be a nice player...
3: ...is going to be replaced, basically, by Derrick Rose. Yes.
0: And Tibbs isn't going to be able to help himself with that.
3: And then, and then I'm sure they'll find a way to replace Gorgie's minutes with Joakim Noah. The only difference... who's also 80 years old physically.
4: <laughs> Don't forget, they'll also work out a long-term deal for Rose after
3: this year, probably. And the Wall will get bought out, I'm yeah. sure, by the Lakers, and let's get let's get
0: everyone back in the gym. Oh my God! Until Derek, of course, Derek Rose will replace Tyus Jones until Derek Rose gets hurt, which is inevitable. And so he'll be on your IR for a while. I, who knows? All right. Uh, here's another
3: story. You've got it in front of you. Yeah, We did a bunch of restaurant stories yesterday and the day before, just like restaurants, Spoon River. The the, the co-founder or the co-owner was quoted as saying, our sales were down 75% the week of the Super Bowl. It was very hit and miss, locally. So here's more disappointed people from Super Bowl week.
0: Yeah, so the Star Tribune did a story uh, last weekend about, <clears throat> and forgive me if I don't know these names, hip-hop star <laughs> Cardi B, uh, made an appearance at uh, is it Privey Club nightclub, and it cost 150 to 250 to attend. Well, she got up on a stage and basically danced a little, but did not perform. Very upset people. So now the strip found out that rapper is it Gucci Mane. Yep, there you go. Nailed it. This is the
3: most entertaining part of the segment, is Judd pronouncing all these names.
0: You got Cardi B. So Gucci Mane never took the stage at the $300 party he was scheduled for at Muse Event Center on Thursday. And an attendee said the sparse crowd waited until 2 a.m. to no avail. And this guy was quoted as saying, they ripped everyone off. Now, Gucci Mane, while he didn't go to Muse, did get to Myth Nightclub on Saturday, but there was a problem there. Gucci's co-headliner, Travis Scott, did not make the $150, $150 per ticket gig, apparently, because he couldn't find an airport close enough to land his private jet at. They sent him Listen, to hey, St. Cloud. That's a
3: real problem. That is a real problem.
0: Uh, the Maxim Party had problems because... There's it counseling groups for people who have issues landing their private jets. The Maxim Party on Saturday night did not take place in a grandiose... Ah, uh, thirty-one thousand foot Superdome. As promised, instead it was moved to a relatively last-minute, cramped warehouse district space for seven hundred fifty dollars per ticket. Hmm. And VIP invitees complained of having to use Porta in sub-zero temperatures. So they paid seven hundred bucks for a ticket and had to use porta potties outside. Correct.
3: <laughs> and we also
0: had you know problems. What? That's
3: on you. If you thought you were going to pay a few hundred bucks and party with top celebrities and musicians and rappers. What do you think's going to happen? All right, I'm going to drop 700 bucks, and Jamie Foxx is going to party with Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. He's going to walk in, wave to the crowd, and you're going to be at the bar
0: ordering a $19 Bud Light. Our problems continued at the uh, Redone Armory because the would-be finale to the week, according to the Strib, uh, it was a $175 per ticket NFL-affiliated players ball with Diddy, Puff Daddy, DJ Khaled, Cardi B again, who must have been everywhere. Yeah. And French Montana, who sounds like a porn star. That was supposed to start at 11 p.m., but did not get going until 2.30 a.m., by which time audience members were throwing drinks at the stage. Then the acts only did a few songs when they finally did show up.
3: I have I no mean, sympathy on, for on anyone involved. On another level, who are the idiots paying several hundred dollars in these like, nightclub settings, thinking they're going to party with Cardi B? Who
0: is Cardi B again?
3: So, all right, I'm, I'm going to admit something shameful here. Sometimes we watch trashy TV in our household, and sometimes shows from E, and you've, you've had this in your household too, yeah, like oh, yeah E Bravo yeah. and VH1 yeah, and some I of w- the shows. I'm not better than that. There was a show, I can't remember if it was like Love and Hip Hop or some, one of those shows on VH1 mm-hmm. a few years ago, and Cardi B, so we were watching one of these award shows the other night, and I said to my girlfriend, isn't that the gal that was on that, like, Chintzy reality show on VH1 a couple years ago? She goes, yeah. And I said, and she's like, on the Grammys red carpet now? So Cardi B has blown up the last few years. She has 18 million Instagram followers. She made the big
4: Amazon Alexa commercial during this year. Yes,
3: yes. She's one of the most, I would say, recognizable rap R and B stars in the country right now.
4: I'm with you though, Judd. I saw the commercial and said, I know that guy, but who the hell is she? Right. Okay, so you didn't know. No okay. idea. But, all right.
3: but like if you're gonna go and pay several hundred dollars because you think you're gonna party with Cardi B or whichever A or B list celebrity you think, you're that's on you. You're you're getting duped. Oh, I can go to this, I can go to Myth and I can party with I saw a party list with like twenty A list celebrities. Yeah. Okay, think about how much money you'd have to pay all of them to show up to your event. You'd have to pay a million dollars in appearance fees. And then you basically, of course basically have to go, no go show. pee
0: outside. That's the only thing that would upset me. <laughs> so funny. The porta-potties. 750 I want more than a porta-potty. Yeah.
3: Alright, we're back tomorrow. Game show Friday. Write that down. Mackie and Judd on demand at 1500ASPN.com.
1: Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.
5: Now through December 12th, Dunkin' Rewards members can snag a medium holiday signature latte for $3. Join Dunkin' Rewards on the app today and start saving and stacking your points for free Dunkin'. Think of it as the gift that keeps on giving. America runs on Dunkin'. Limit one per member per day. Exclusions, additional charges, and terms may apply. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.